This is a topic on the minds of many, many people as we get closer and closer to school returning. I think that's the primary driver here. Um, Canada's vaccination effort continues quite successfully, leading the world. That's despite all the noise you hear from the anti-vaccination crowd out there. 80% of eligible Canadians have received their first dose. Of course, one of the big questions going forward is going to be kids. Uh, As you know, nobody under the age of 12 can be vaccinated at this point. When will that change? Will it change? And what does it take to get it to the point where it can change? So let's get some details around that. We're going to chat with Jesse Pappenberg, who is a pediatric infectious disease specialist and medical microbiologist at the Montreal Children's Hospital at the McGill University Health Centre. Jesse, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate your time. That's my pleasure. So first question here. How important is it to vaccinate kids? We know that, you know, they've largely been the least affected throughout all this. Not to say there have been no serious cases, but by and large, they haven't seen the the severe, serious outcomes that adults have. So how important is it to get kids vaccinated? Well, you're right that we're fortunate in pediatrics that we have been spared in terms of the, some of the, a lot of the serious outcomes seen in adults, especially older adults, and hospitalizations remain relatively infrequent. Uh, but kids still have been greatly affected by the pandemic and certainly by infections that uh, are occurring in pediatrics. And what we know now is there's certainly been a shift in terms of the proportion of people uh, under 20 are, are representing a greater greater proportion of uh, of infections across Canada. So there are two implications for that. One is so the, the, the safety of young persons in Canada uh, themselves. And the second part is what is their role in terms of driving community spread right. uh, of the pandemic strain. Yeah, so and we know that vaccination reduces both of those things, obviously. So that's the overwhelming reason to do it would be to reduce community spread and, of course, keep them safe too. Yeah, that's that. That's exactly it. So it's it's about uh, protecting kids from severe outcomes, even though they are less common than in adults. Uh, protecting also their family members or people that are close to them uh, yeah. uh, in terms of direct spread, but then also the role that uh, children, adolescents, uh, and the, the places where they meet them that are really important to their development in terms of schooling and other social activities um, that we need to keep open and we need to have them it, uh, able to interact. It's part of their their healthy development uh, and how do we do that and also protect the rest of the community as well and I think vaccination is a key uh, for protecting our children and protecting uh, those around them. Prior to the vaccination arriving for kids and I assume that it will um, you know for parents who have children under 12 that can't be vaccinated that maybe that's weighing on them you know with me going out now I'm vaccinated and I'm back doing what I used to do and things like that you know do I have a risk of bringing it home to my kids are there certain precautions that parents should be taking or um, where are we at around that right now? Well, uh, you're right that I think that um, uh, there are things that we can do to reduce the risk, even though uh, our youngest children are not yet uh, eligible for vaccination. And certainly with regards to schools, uh, there was a recent study published in, in Science that showed that there's not one single intervention that shuts down transmission or eliminates transmissions in the schools. But by performing a bunch of different interventions, uh, you could actually reach uh, a level where uh, people who go to school, who, who work at the school or family members of children who go to school where there is in-person classes mm. have the same risk of acquiring COVID as anybody else in the community. So it's this it's the multiplication of different things that can help reduce risk of transmission in places like schools. So whether it be uh, you know use of masks, whether it be the kids or the, the employees, uh, improving ventilation, right. uh, social distancing, cohorting, all these things that we've heard about, none of them is a silver bullet, but all 
How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Of them do help. Combined can help. Okay. Now, in terms of getting vaccines into kids, it's being tested, right? There are trials underway as we speak. Correct. And we're, we're actually expecting results from the trials in children 5 to 11, hopefully in September from Pfizer and Moderna, I believe, as well. And they're going to be applying to Health Canada for uh, licensure uh, or approval uh, for use in this age group in the early fall. So we're definitely looking forward to seeing that, what those results are. Uh, and then for the younger kids, it's, we're, we might have results by the end of the year. We're expecting results by the end of the year for those 2 to 4 okay. and possibly even under 2 years of age, but that might go to early 2021. And the reason, like one of the reasons why it takes longer for these pediatric trials, uh, it, well, there are actually several reasons. One is that uh, obviously we wanted to make sure that the vaccines worked and were safe in the persons that needed it most right away. So the, the so adults were obviously the first target population. And given the fact that uh, in pediatrics, we have less severe outcomes, as we discussed, we wanted to make sure that the vaccines were safe uh, in adults before we tried testing them in kids. So that was one thing. The second thing is that in younger children, so in the children under age 12, there's actually a dose-finding regimen that's being examined yeah. first. So in other words, what is the lowest dose that we can use that will elicit a strong immune response and antibodies and other elements of the immune system uh, that will be equivalent to the immune responses that we saw in adults uh, that have been shown to be protective? So obviously, the, the smaller the dose that you give uh, that gives a good immune response, well, if you're able to give a, get away with a lower dose, you're also probably going to wind up getting less of those uh, side effects that we see in terms of you know, local pain at the injection site or feeling of you know, malaise or, or feverish after the, after the dose. Uh, all of these obviously are, 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 are pretty transient, a uh, couple of days within the uh, vaccination and can be managed with uh, uh, supportive measures. And that dosing is sort of the, I mean, when we talk about the testing of these vaccines on children, um, can a lot of the stuff that's already been done in terms of the testing on adults be carried over? Or are you starting from scratch? We're right back to, to square one when it comes to testing the vaccine on kids. Or, you know, I mean, we know they're effective. Can that be applied over to exactly. kids? Yeah, so we, exactly. So the, the, the initial trials done in adults were uh, composed of tens of thousands of participants to prove that the vaccines prevent symptomatic infection uh, or even and severe outcomes and even infection per se. So, uh, uh, so we don't have to start from scratch. And these pediatric trials are actually much smaller. We're talking probably around 2,000 uh, patients per age group. And the idea here is the primary objectives are one, safety, so make sure we're not getting any new types of uh, adverse effects that we hadn't yet seen in adults, and two, uh, 
uh, it's called an immunogenicity bridging study, where all we want to make sure is that we're, we're in the blood tests that we do on these subjects after their vaccination, that we're getting the same type of immune response that we saw in adults. And we've already shown that in adults, that immune response is protective. Right. So we can get away with a smaller trial in kids. And basically just zero in on the dose, which is one of the big questions when it comes to kids. Exactly. Um, when I think of vaccines, when I was a kid, I mean, that's when I got all my vaccines. It's when I was a kid. Why is this one different? I mean, were, did those all go through adult testing and, 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 and kid testing too? Or is this, is this somehow different? Because, I mean, we all got them when we were in school, right? That, that's correct. But this is not an unusual way of, of proceeding in vaccines okay. where there would be an indication for both adults and pediatrics. We often start off with the adult population first and then move our way down to pediatrics as we've secured safety and efficacy results in the adult population. We see that when there are new influenza vaccines that are, are developed with new technologies or different formulations. Uh, it's exactly the same thing that's done. Uh, and we move on towards the, the younger groups uh, a little bit later. Um, and the timeline, as you said, hopefully by September, we'll have some early information and then full, complete study results by the end of this year. That's what we're sort of looking at targeting for a timeline? Well, I, I, I think that for the 5 to 11 age group, sometime this fall, we might even see approval from Health Canada, depending okay. on, on, the, on the results. But all, obviously, it's all contingent on, on the, the study showing that the vaccines are safe and effective in kids. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. That is Jesse Pappenberg, who is a pediatric infectious disease specialist and medical microbiologist at the Montreal Children's Hospital at McGill University Health Center.